You're listening to Mintersectional Podcast. I'm Noreen. And I'm Ashley. This is a podcast about having the necessary difficult conversations. And for those who believe in anti-oppression across all intersections. For those that live their truth every day, regardless of social constructs or pressure. For those that value different perspectives. For those that aim to be lifelong learners and believe in positive change. For those that are subversive as hell and constantly challenging the norm in every sphere of human existence. Welcome. Okay, so it's episode 22 of Intersectional. I'm Noreen. I'm Ashley. And welcome. It The day today is... The date. The date today is the 27th of November, so Thanksgiving's over with... Thank fuck. Yep. We're going through a heat wave, which actually, recent, like, news thing that I read, I think it's Lake Minnehaha, is totally green because the algae that's in there that should not be growing right now because it should be colder is growing and that's like an environmental hazard I think for a lot of um water life yeah I don't know lake life anyways yeah there's an article I I follow racket shout out to racket it's a really snarky like left-leaning news I would say more liberal yeah. presenting news and they're super like hipster and snarky and I, I like it so, but that was one of their articles and I, I thought that was super interesting because global warming is yeah real I mean today it's in the 30s but yesterday it was like 52 yeah the last couple of days have been in the 50s which is pretty much it's rare yep. very rare and then you rewind to the 14th a couple weeks ago and we had I think it was a Thursday night. I was leaving work. It was like 9 p.m. And it was sleeting and yeah. kind of snowing. And the roads were slippery as fuck. Mm-hmm. I was going like 20 miles an hour. And cars were sliding. I saw an accident. Two cars in front of me. Oh, no. Seconds later, there was an accident behind me. Oh, no. Uh, there were people who had slid into the guardrails because people forget, like, you need to take it slow. And the black ice is a thing. And yep. So I was curious um, what came of that, and I saw that there were more than 700 spin-outs and crashes. Uh, two of them were fatal, and there were more than 40 people injured, which I guess is, like, pretty small compared to, like, there being 700 instances of people spinning out, mm-hmm. and maybe more, like, mm-hmm. who knows, but I was just like, this is exactly why I don't like winter, is yeah. the, the driving aspect is the, the big part of it for me. Well, I'm wearing a ton of clothes, and as I was just saying, like, you have all these layers on, then you get an itch in the middle of your back, and you can't get to it. <laughs> so that's why you get a you get a scratching, a back scratcher. Yes, yes, <laughs> a covert one that can put back there. Um, the other thing about that is, I mean, winter is coming. It it's probably almost already here. But like that was something that me and uh, my boyfriend David were talking about is like, how can we enjoy winter this winter? And I've been thinking about these last couple winters and I have enjoyed it because I actually got back out snowboarding. I was doing like winter activities. Like I really think that gets you through um, one year, like back in my twenties, I committed to hot yoga. Yeah. Yeah, That That was a game changer for me. So if anybody's struggling with the seasonal changes and stuff, it's having an effect on your mental or physical health. I would highly recommend getting outside in this stuff, even though it probably sucks initially. It is nice. It does feel good. And I think that it's... The human bodies need it, even if it is fucking cold outside. 
And I like every winter I try to go into it with a positive mindset <laughs> and be like, what kind of activities can I get into? So last winter I tried cross country skiing and Did you enjoy I, it? I did. Yeah. It was especially because there were some pretty steep hills, so we got to like really cruise down yeah. and like get a little bit of an adrenaline rush. Yeah. Um, but then it sucks to get to like climb back yeah. up. Yeah. It. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but you're getting exercise, you know, my I was sore as fuck after that. Um, but it was well worth it. It was really fun and we saw like a wild hair and yeah, right when we got on the trail, there was a huge wild hair. Like, where did you go? Um, this was in Lutzen. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. so way up there. Yeah, that's awesome. Way up north. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to be spending some time up there again, visiting some friends who live up there, and then um, one of my buddies, he lives like 15 minutes from the Canadian border, and he's been going over there to like check out some vegan restaurants and stuff. Yeah. So that's something I'm kind of looking forward to. But like for the most part, I just feel like I'm never going to love winter. And I need to I don't just, blame you. I can't, I can't force it. Like, I'll do what I can to get through it. I got one of those, um, I didn't purchase it, but was given a seasonal affective disorder light. Yeah. So I haven't tested that out yet because, thank goodness, we've had some sunshine. But curious to see what I think of that. I've had people rave about them, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, but I also read a really cool article on Substack that I was like, whoa, this is kind of speaking to what I feel every winter. The author was driving home the point that... Seasonal affective disorder is largely because of capitalism and how, when you when you break it down, humans are animals, mm-hmm. and what do many animals do in the winter? They hibernate. Mm-hmm. They slow down. Yep. And in this system that we've created and continue to uphold, it's, no, the grind continues. Mm-hmm. It gets dark early. Nope, you still got to work. You still got to be productive and yeah. do all this shit, and it's like... No, like, we should get the opportunity to listen to our bodies. When mm-hmm. we want to slow down, we should be able to slow down. Mm-hmm. But, like, you just you kind of can't. Yeah. yeah. So That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it was a really lengthy article, but awesome. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, maybe we can link it or something. Because sure. I think it's definitely worth a read. Um, but, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, well, I feel like Minnesota, like, weather is always a topic. <laughs> So sorry to bring, turn it in that direction. Classic. But let's talk about the weather. But yeah. it's true. Like it is true. Um, Science Museum of Minnesota workers are unionizing. What? Oh, cool. All right. That's cool. Good to hear. Um, the Science Museum is super cool. I I like that place. Yeah, I've been there many times. Uh, uh, sounds like our governor is not against weed legalization, which is good. I am excited to. Let's get that done. Let's <laughs> just fucking do it already. Right. I mean, we got, we got, we're like halfway there. Well, not even. We're like, we like have inched our way forward just a little <laughs> bit with the edibles. accidental legal edibles. So that's cool. Um, if you want to show. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, even though we're talking about winter and being cold, have you ever been to Fletcher's ice cream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never been. I yeah. saw a post in Vegan Minnesota about how they have a bunch of vegan. I just saw that too. Of yeah. Like, like got, eight. Yeah. Cake batter. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yep. Cotton candy. Yeah. Um, butter pecan. And then cookie butter, which I had a really, really good cookie butter ice cream in Tampa, and I've been thinking about it ever since, so I'm going to get my butt over there soon. Cookie Never been. Bu- yeah, cookie butter sounds fucking awesome. Oh. Um, shout out to Fletcher's. That's that's great. I think that the the article also, all, like, mentioned Minnesota ice cream, and then... Um, Crepe and Spoon mm-hmm. as well, right? Did, yeah, we, did we read the same is, article? Or I post? just saw a little post yeah, in Minnesota. Post. Um, 
so Minnesota Nice Cream, have you been there? Yeah. Yeah, with the big-ass cones, and then you can get a bunch of vegan toppings and yes. stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. Really solid. It's, I, I've liked everything I've got. I've only been there a couple of times, but I've been really happy with everything. Yeah. A lot of times, ice cream shops, like, I just have to get a small, because they can really stack it on, and you add all the toppings, and it's filling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a meal in and of itself. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, okay, so then... Scott Jensen didn't win the governorship. Oh, uh, yay! Fuck that guy. Yeah, um, that was scary. Yeah, it was. Like, um, oh, let's just, everybody, let's force everybody to have unwanted children. Oh, my God. Oh, my and God. And maybe get rid of birth control, too, so you yep. can't, oh, my God, scary. Yeah. This is, like, a prime example of, like, me hating the system, hating politics, not wanting to feed into it, but realizing how important local elections are mm-hmm. because of shit like that. Yep. Like stuff that will directly impact us, our friends, and yep. anybody, you know, it's just... Yep. Yep, yep. Yep. And it, yeah, yeah. It, unfortunately, this is the way that it is. And if, yeah. Um, speaking of kind of related to politics, there's a there's a thing called Operation Endeavor going on for, to control crime by the Minneapolis Police Department. And basically, I guess the premise of it, from what I'm understanding, is that they just, like, post up their unmanned police cars. Oh, I've heard of this. In different places. And they're reporting that it's helping keep crime down somehow. By doing that. cars just park. Yeah, I've been yeah. I don't. About that. I don't know how the fuck that's happening. If anybody wants to let me know, like <laughs> the science behind that, that'd be super cool because I don't understand it. I think that the the people who are running it are over-reporting successful outcomes. Be yeah, and that at least that's the thing that I'm getting from it. Um, Sun Country employees are unionizing, um, and. Yeah. Okay, that that's another thing that I didn't hear that. Um, one thing a little food related I was gonna ask you too. Yeah. Have you heard of vegan versus fries? No, but I see I've seen it advertised. Yeah. So yeah. I guess from my understanding it's a pop up shop. They're all over. Um, they have I don't know if it's bases in Minneapolis and Saint Paul, but I saw online that Minneapolis they're open every day. Okay. Minneapolis starts the delivery only. Uh, Minneapolis starts at 1230 and St. Paul's at 2.30 (laughs) until they sell out. And they've got, like, burritos and crunch wraps and stuff. I heard that it's kind of expensive, that the portion sizes are really generous. So Mm kind of curious to maybe check that out at one of these points. Burritos and crunch wraps, sign me up. Yeah. uh, David, I took David for the first time to go eat at Jay Selby's the other night. And they've changed their menu kind of oh. a little bit, but what we had was really fucking good. He had a, a steak sandwich with, like, soy curls as the steak, <laughs> and he said it was, I mean, he, and he's a picky-ass eater. <laughs> it's it's hilarious, but um, the, the the things that he gets picky about, but this he actually, like, thoroughly enjoyed, so. I didn't know they had that. Yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't been there in a while, so. I feel like maybe it was them. Maybe they got a peppermint shake or something yeah, right now. Sounds good. Yeah. Even though it's cooler outside. <laughs> I, I still, mean, like, I love I, me some ice cream me, and shakes all the yeah. time. Um, there was a report about JBS Slaughterhouse. Well, a couple of them. Yes. One in Worthington, Minnesota, and then one in Nebraska. And then also Turkey Valley Farms in Marshall, Minnesota, employing children. 
Um, as young as 13, there were more than 30 kids reported um, working overnight shifts, cleaning dangerous machinery, suffering from serious chemical burns. Like, what the? I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. But I'm just like, okay, what's going to be the follow-up from this? Are, what's going to change? Probably nothing because time's going to go by. People are going to forget about this. No one's going to check in on them, and they're probably going to do it again. Like, yeah. And yeah. Those are the things that people who eat flesh, like, don't think about. Like, all this other shit. These people who are doing the work, the, the dirty work that nobody else wants to do. And they're traumatized. Yeah. I, I can imagine that they'd be traumatized from doing that stuff. It's just, I don't know. The whole thing is disturbing whether you don't give a fuck about animals, like, you don't care about people either. You don't care about the environment. Like, yeah, I guess that we're just living in a, a time of total apathy. People don't care unless something is directly impacting them, and it's exhausting. And it almost feels pointless to try to preach things, you know, online because people just don't care. They're going to do what they want to do regardless. Yep. And this is also where it comes into, like, politics, too. Like, I always bring it up, but the pet store <laughs> selling these puppy milk dogs, it's like... Well, it's not going to immediately stop all sales of puppy mill dogs to pass an ordinance saying, like, certain cities can't have stores that do this, but it's going to put a big knock into their profits. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's what we can do. Yeah. Um, which will hopefully be happening here soon if I'm not getting ahead of myself. But, like, yeah, with this I, last election cycle, we got in some people who claim to be on board. Yeah. So. That's good. I'm, I'm, and... From what I'm understanding, they reached out to y'all. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So good. we have a meeting tomorrow. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully that pans out. Um, so homeless encampments. Uh, it sounds like they are green lighting an encampment study, um, to improve this Minneapolis's response to homeless encampments. Uh, it's. Ask, the study asks for the mayor's office to analyze existing practices toward encamp, encampment closures, i.e. Bull, fucking bulldozing people's houses, basically. With no warning. With no warning. destroying yeah. all their belongings, yeah, which, which are very few for each individual. Seems like a goddamn, like, yeah, you didn't think about that. Okay, well, anyways. Um, the, so that's what it says. And then, as well as to provide data on post-closure impacts, including injuries and loss of property, among other things. I am quoting from Racket here. So, that is a study that's going to happen. It looks like that um, legalization efforts have happened in cities like Missoula, Montana. And they've actually, like, being homeless in and of itself is traumatizing. But they've improved the conditions for those experiencing homelessness and at least have worked to and are subtly working to provide better housing situations for them, protected housing situations yeah. for them while they are experiencing homelessness. It's like so. really how much would it put the city out to pop up some public restrooms yep. and showers? Like it doesn't have to be yep. anything extravagant. Yep. But something safe and clean. Like I just it's so frustrating. Yeah. I'm in a bit of, like, a Twitter argument right now regarding Elon Musk. Um, he He's so immature. Yeah. It's like he takes over Twitter and he comes in and, like, 
is constantly, and I don't follow him, but every time, not every time, almost every time I open Twitter, one of his new tweets is right at the fucking top of my feed, and I'm like, ugh. Yeah, uh, you're forced to see it. Oh, okay, so now if you are on Twitter, that's, that's I'm not on Twitter, so it, you have to see his shit. Well, I don't Even know if this is happening to everybody. Him. I've been curious to ask, like, if this is happening to others, too. But, like, I would say eight times out of ten, the last few days that I've been opening Twitter, Elon is at the top. Okay. And I do not follow him. Um, probably because he's getting a lot of buzz, and he does have a lot of followers, so people are... But I was happy that I... Um, this one was called to my attention. So there's a guy named Les Knight who runs the... Or he founded the Voluntary Human Extinction Movement, basically encouraging people to consciously choose to not have kids uh, due to a plethora of things. Mm-hmm. So I agree with him on many things. I disagree with him on some. Um, but he had an article or an interview for the New York Times. Elon caught wind of it. He posted about it. Elon is very pronatalist. The guy himself has, what, like eight kids or something? Yeah, with various mothers. Yeah. He... Yeah. Yeah, he wants more people so that he can continue to exploit people, make mm-hmm. money off of them, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he posts about this basically like in a really negative light, like, mm-hmm. oh, look at this look at this woke man who's and last night he's like seventy four or seventy six years old, like he's been preaching about the negative impact of huge population growth for decades. Mm-hmm. And um He's got a lot of really important things to say, and the way that Elon just, like, kind of dismissed him as being some, like, woke, crazy person pissed me off. Yeah. So I've just been going back and forth, and people are, like, accusing me, like, you would hate Elon no matter what he did. I was like, no. First of all, I don't think anyone should be a billionaire, and if someone has that much money, they have a lot of, not only just financial power, but, like, influence. Yep. Social influence and connections Mm -hmm. to make situations drastically better for a large majority of the population. Yeah. Like, if And they're choosing that, too. Exactly. (laughs) And they were like, well, he offered um, to give, what was it, $8 billion to the UN to help with feeding everybody, but I don't know whatever happened with that. I remember hearing about it, but... Mm. um, I said, if Elon wanted to pop up a bunch of greenhouses all over the world, so in, implement, like, classes or something to teach people how to run them, how to grow food year-round, he could make it happen. Yeah. You can't tell me it's out of his reach. Yep. That's a pretty simple thing, and that can help with food insecurity. hmm Yep. You could have greenhouses all over the Twin Cities, for example, all growing different things, so we're not having to ship shit from who knows where. Yep. Overseas. <sighs> yep. It's just frustrating. Yep. And, and people just, like, hop on as if he's this awesome, influential, like, amazing individual. And I'm like, he doesn't care about you guys. Right. Like, <laughs> And not that Jeff Bezos does either, but apparently Jeff Bezos claims that he is going about to give away most of his wealth. I heard something about that, too. I, I, I haven't really run into it. I, it'd be great if he did. I know his ex-wife She's did. been very, like, yeah. generous and giving yep. away money from what I've heard, too. 100%. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's very interesting that, like, people made a big deal about that fucking lottery that was, like, over a couple billion dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
I mean, and, and this is just me. I mean, maybe other people would choose to spend it differently. And I'm not judging anybody that does necessarily. I just think it could be better spent giving it away. Yeah. Like, if I won that money, I, I oh. was like, you know, I'm, I'd give a million to you for sure. Actually, oh. I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be like, million dollars here. Million. You know, like, you're just, like, swimming in millions. Yeah, so I, I think it's like a, I, mathematically, like, a billion is a thousand millions, right? A hundred millions? whatever it's a lot of millions right and it's multiple billions for this fucking lottery so like if I won that and you know after taxes and shit or however they disperse it like it doesn't make sense for me to keep all that money to myself because first of all I'm probably gonna get killed and somebody's gonna try to steal that shit you know what I mean like if they found that stay anonymous yeah yeah well I understand why and then but like a million to my parents or each of my parents you know right it's like, so much more money than one person could reasonably spend like yeah. it just doesn't make sense for one person to hoard that all you yeah. know and then the I guess maybe some some organizations that are doing some real good out there and aim to keep doing better and better like give some money to them and stuff after all of my people are taken care of like you know and they can do whatever they want with that million dollars and then yeah, I just, I, the people that hoard their wealth, it's, it's kind of, un, I don't understand it. Right. But that's just me. Speaking of hoarding wealth um, and giving to organizations that actually do good, uh, apparently I'm a little late to the show on this, but um, I just recently learned, and I went down like this huge rabbit hole, how Black Lives Matter raised, was it like $90 million? Ooh. In, like, 2020, around that area, like, after George Floyd George was killed, they have spent a lot of it, uh, particularly the woman that was previously running it who has stepped down, because she's come back to a lot of backlash. Oh, Six million dollar birthday party for her kid, millions of dollar mansion um, out on the West Coast. Like, people have dug up. The, the tax documents to see where this money is going and it has been disgustingly holy shit yeah it's like it makes me sick like so much money wasted on extravagant lifestyles and there's um, a lot of people who've been speaking out against it for months I guess but it's just not catching like the mainstream yeah so I was just appalled like mm-hmm. I personally never gave money specifically to Black Lives Matter, um, thank goodness, I guess, because it sounds like a lot of it's been wasted, and they can't account for a lot of it either. Yeah. I know. And the previous person who was running it, like, she took all of her posts off of Instagram, she left one up, but removed comments, because she's coming under a lot of backlash. That's super fucking disappointing. It is. Oh and it gosh. just goes to show, like, you can't trust anybody. Yeah. Like, things seem well-intentioned. But you need to do the background work. Yeah. And it, yeah. and I get why people don't because it's overwhelming. There are all kinds of, like, barriers. It seems too hard. We get distracted by other things. But, like, you could thankfully, up... there's people out there who are doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably super disappointing. Yeah. Super disappointing, not fun work. But Right. But, like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's so disappointing. It just, like, goes right into, I guess, kind of our, our top topic of the episode yep. overconsumption. Yep. Um and that is like the lack of transparency. Yeah. Yeah. People aren't having to be faced with like the the brutal facts of so many things and so they just kind of 
blindly go along. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we can't be doing that, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm guilty of it myself. Like, there's times when I've just, like, regurgitated things or believed things, and I'm like, well, wait, what do I actually really know about mm-hmm. it? Like, what sources have I sought out? Have I considered the opposition to see if there's anything to that? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I find myself, I was just talking to a friend about this, how I watch a lot of, like, documentaries and things that often share things that oppose previously held beliefs of mine like you consider like green energy for example Mm -hmm. well I saw a documentary called bright green lies and it really highlighted how like there are no truly green solutions and like solar and wind there's so many damages that come along with a lot of that too Mm -hmm. we don't have any valid alternatives that are truly eco-friendly that are good for the planet good for the people good for the other lives that we share this planet with like and I think it's really important to do that and I my friend like I recommended a documentary to her and it was put out by Candace Owens Candace Owens you know the left most people on the left like hate her I personally like didn't know a ton about her as an individual um but she's the one that put out this documentary about um Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and all this stuff and I was like well, I'm going to go into it with an open mind mm-hmm. and listen and, like, do, do they have receipts for these kinds of things? Mm-hmm. And she did. Um, and so I had recommended a friend watch it, and she was like, nope, nope, it's Candace Owens. I can't. I won't. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I was like, for me, it's not so easily to dismiss stuff like that, and I think that stems from being somebody who often has beliefs that aren't of the mainstream, and mm-hmm. I get people trying to shut me down for... One thing, like the pet stores, for example, they're like, oh, she's a vegan. She's an animal rights activist. She wants to take away our burgers. We're not going to, like, yeah, that's what it comes down to. Jesus. We don't want to, like, even give an inch, like, with the Mm -hmm. pet store, for example, because what's it going to lead to next? Like, Mm -hmm. she's an extremist. She's radical. All this shit, you know. So I'm often, like, silenced or people ignore what I have to say because of beliefs on, like, veganism Mm -hmm. or antinatalism or whatever it may be, relationship styles, polyamory, stuff like that. And people may write me off as, like, being really, like, radical or over the top. So they don't want to take into consideration things I have to say, even if it's, like, actually true, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, I try to present information in a way where it's, like, I don't believe anybody should take everything I say as truth, but let it be a springboard for you to do your own research. Yeah. Which, that's what I was doing with this, um, watching this documentary by Candace Owens. I think this was called The Greatest Lie Ever Sold. Or, yeah, ever sold. And, um, yeah, then I started digging. And there's a ton of people who previously supported Black Lives Matter who've been speaking out. There's a lot of people in the black community who've been speaking out against Black Lives Matter. And it's like, whoa, this is a thing. And, like, it's been going on for months, and I didn't know about it until I learned of this documentary randomly, you know? like. So, yeah, it's just a lesson in not trusting, doing Mm -hmm. your own research, and understanding that, sadly, most things are corrupt. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, was that, that movie was, or that, that thing by Candace Owens was about alternative energy sources? No, sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I just totally, like, meshed that in. Oh, okay. That one, Bright Green Lies, was a, a separate film I watched, like, oh, okay. two years ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then this Candace Owens one, The Greatest Lie Ever Sold, was about George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. Oh, okay. 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 Um. Which I do think that I would love for people to watch it. Um, it's on the dailywire.com, and you do have to have, like, a paid subscription, but you can cancel it. Um, a friend gave me his login information, so I didn't have to, like, pay anything. Oh, okay. Um, 
and it's actually available until December 11th, and my friend said that I'm welcome to share the login info, so if people want to watch it for free mm-hmm. and not give any money, like, let me know, hit me up before December 11th. Um, I've had several friends watch it who are more, like, left-leaning, and um, they've been pretty appalled and mm-hmm. shocked. Um, and it also goes into a lot of the stuff that, like, the public wasn't really, um, information we weren't given about George Floyd and his death. Um, that was pretty alarming to me too. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it just showed me how I was like, we believe everything the mainstream media puts out. But when you, when it comes down to it, the mainstream media is owned by like, what is it? The same six companies. Yeah. Like they regurgitate a lot of the same shit. And Mm -hmm. it's like, there's always money and corruption behind all this. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I don't know that just like really that film threw me, threw me through a loop. Mm -hmm. That's hard to say. And, um, just got me thinking a lot and like wanting to do more research on a lot of things that were mentioned in the film. So I, like, I haven't done that yet. I, like, I've taken a lot of notes and, like, pictures from it. So it's stuff that I can, like, look up later. But mm-hmm. it was just, like, shocking. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, um, I mean, the overarching, I think, thought or idea here is that capitalism is horrible. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously people who come upon a large sum of money um, tend to abuse yeah. that large sum of money, and it's very interesting to me. I I mean, I've heard things about Black Lives Matter before, mm-hmm. doing some shady shit, and I, it's, it's unfortunate and disappointing to me that an organization that could do so much fucking good, um, that's, that they've succumbed to that as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, money is real fucking powerful when it comes to these sorts of things. It is, and, and it's, it's fun, unfortunate. Like, it's yeah. preying on people's, like, compassion, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to give, like, you feel maybe you can't help in certain ways, but maybe you can help financially, so then you give yeah. to organizations, and, like, I don't know, I'm really selective in who I give to, and honestly, most of my money that I give away every month is to animal sanctuaries, mm-hmm. because I know that is going to the animals. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are sanctuaries of people that I know personally, um, or have friends who are connected with, and I, you know, do trust them. Not to say that shady stuff can happen, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's less likely because you do have all these lives to take care of, and it's expensive. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <sighs> um, speaking of things being expensive, I'm curious, Ashley, like, how do you, when we're talking about overconsumption, mm-hmm. how, I know that you are an aspiring mi- minimalist in many ways, um, how, when did you, when did that start for you? When did that idea start for you? And how did you begin taking action within that framework of what you deem to be a minimalist way of living? Um, I think that it initially was, the little baby spark happened 11 years ago when I went vegan. Mm. And then that kind of led to learning more about environmental destruction, um, you know, the personal ways that we contribute to that. And then, I forget what year I saw the film, uh, it was on Netflix, maybe still is The Minimalist. Okay. Two guys who talk about, like, their journey to minimalism and, you know, the benefits and good reasons to do that. And, um, I had already been experimenting with, like, homemade, like, toothpaste and tooth powders and mm-hmm. shampoos and stuff like that. Just finding ways to decrease waste easily, mm-hmm. um, and, and save money, honestly. Yeah. Like, getting a menstrual cup. Like, I have not had to purchase tampons oh or pads God. for, like, Same. eight years. It's amazing. It's like, awesome. Yeah. It's, I, I have to use pads sometimes. 
Yeah, because I have some reusable ones. That, oh yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. That's what I mean. No, that are reusable. Yeah. yeah, and it's nice. Like a lot of like for my toothpaste slash powder, it's literally like equal parts baking soda, bentonite clay, and some peppermint oil. Mm-hmm. Wet the toothbrush, dip it in. I have not had to purchase toothpaste, and in turn, I have not had to purchase a plastic tube of toothpaste. And I know there's different ways that toothpaste come and stuff like that now, but it's just like. I always have baking soda on hand. Like, if I don't have the bentonite clay or whatever, I can just use baking soda. Like, we don't need to... It just goes back to, like, looking at the way that these industries find ways to, like, prey on us to make money. Like, Mm -hmm. our basic essential needs, the things that we need to do. We need to brush our teeth and, Mm -hmm. you know, bathe and things like this. Like, they twist it into this whole huge market of things that aren't a necessity, whether you're adding in all these different scents and chemicals that mm-hmm. oftentimes end up down the line displaying, like, oh, this is related to cancer and yep. shit like that. Like, stuff we're slathering on our skin, our largest organ. And so, for me, it's like, when I think about how simple things could be, we would not have these stores lined with all these scented, um, brightly colorful plastic packaged bullshit. It's like, nope, here's the baking soda, here are the uses for it. Here's the vinegar. Here are the uses for mm-hmm. it. Like, we don't... There's just so much excess in every regard. And the minimalist film really kind of kicked me off into being like, okay, like, where can I where can I do better? Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot mm-hmm. of my minimalism and stuff comes down to watching documentaries. Because, like, Earthlings made me go vegan. The, the minimalist sparked my minimalism. Um, the True Cost is about the clothing industry. And um, there was a huge uh, building collapse uh, of warehouse um called Rana Plaza in Bangladesh that was employing tons of mostly women uh working really long hours for very little pay to make clothes for people here and again going back to we're so removed from the harm that like our individual choices Mm -hmm. and things contribute to Mm -hmm. the lack of transparency and then Oh, there's just, sorry, I feel like I'm scattered because there's so much that I could say, but, um, yeah, I just was like, whoa, I don't need to be purchasing these new clothes, like, Mm -hmm. I discovered thrift stores are amazing, Mm -hmm. you can find clothes that are in excellent shape, that are perfectly functional, fashionable, whatever, and you can go to different thrift stores all over and find different things, Mm -hmm. it's not what everybody else is wearing, um, like, for a long time, like, Growing up, I was only into the flared jeans. Mm -hmm. I never got into the skinny jeans. So when they started going, quote-unquote, out of style, I was like, oh, my God. So I would get flared jeans at thrift stores. I'm like, Mm -hmm. great. I can still have, like, jeans that I like and that are comfortable and feel flattering for me. And then I kind of wrote off jeans uh, once leggings really came to be a thing. Um, Which (laughs) leggings are are awesome. Yeah, and there's millions of leggings in thrift Mm -hmm. stores. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. I... I honestly don't know that I have ever purchased a brand new pair of leggings. Mm-hmm. They've literally all come from thrift stores. Mm-hmm. Same with my dresses, most of my shirts. Um, I will say, like, I I have um, some of the new shirts I have purchased are from, like, vegan brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, my Stop Having Kids merch, which I know that they're ethically sourcing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just kind of looking at what is a necessity and, you know, how much stuff do we really need as individuals? Mm-hmm. Like, who am I trying to impress? Like, I, I wear clothes for me. Like, I, I dress for 
comfort most of the time now. Like, that's really taken over. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be comfortable. Like, I, it's been probably a decade since I've even put on high heels. I'm not interested in them. I don't find them comfortable. So I just, I got rid of the ones that I had, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so many people have stuff sitting in their houses that they haven't even, like, touched for a year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good rule of thumb, too, when cleaning out your closet. Like, if there's something that you haven't worn in a year... Do you really need to keep it? Like, could you put it into, like, a clothing swap? Um, yeah. Organize a clothing swap. I have a friend who's been doing a couple of those a year. Um, or drop it at a thrift store or donate it to a shelter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just a side note, like, that these places aren't dumping grounds for your trash. Like, if something is definitely well beyond its wearing capacity, like, just get rid of it. Um, or, like, upcycle it into something if you can. That's mm-hmm. even better. But, um... Yeah, when I look around at my belongings and stuff, like, most of the items I have are things that I've owned for a very long time. Mm-hmm. My shower curtain, I've had that since I was, what, 20 years old? Mm-hmm. And I'm 35? Like, mm-hmm. 15 years. I don't need a new one. You know, people want to redo their bathroom or redo their bedroom and, like, get rid of all their stuff when it's still in great condition and get new. And it's like, where's that stuff going? A lot yeah. of it's ending up in the landfill. Mm-hmm. Who made this new product that you just purchased you know Mm -hmm. is it somebody who is being exploited for their labor Mm -hmm. like again it's just things that we're not we don't have to be faced with but I do think it's important to consider these things um and a lot of the shit that ends up in the landfill it's just contributing to like greenhouse gas pollution Mm -hmm. um nothing good comes from it you know it's a chemical soup in these landfills Mm -hmm. and it ends up harming human health too by breathing it in and a lot of times these landfills are placed in areas of poverty already. So yeah. it's just like, again, shitting on the poor people. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. And I just think that, like, the internet and social media has really fed into this, like, oh, you need to be fashionable. You need to be up on the times. You need a new wardrobe. Oh, it's fall. Time to bring in the fall wardrobe. Like, mm-hmm. but you can't wear the stuff that you wore last year. And it's so silly to me. It's yep. like you... You bought it because you liked it. Like, do you really hate it now? Like, what, what's wrong with it? Is mm-hmm. it unwearable? Like, and then because of this, like, age that we're in a fast fashion, um, a lot of the clothes aren't made to last. Right. They're made really poorly, really cheaply. They fall apart. So then you have to go back and, like, buy new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's atrocious. And, like, Shein? Yeah. Year? Yep. So they recently had, like, a human rights bust. Lots of human rights bullshit going on there, which isn't surprising because this company is adding, I believe I read about 500 new products to their website daily, and a lot of it's coming from people who are getting paid pennies to, to mass produce this shit. A lot of it's garbage, too. Like, it's not going to last. It, and there's, like, the Wish app or whatever. Like, it's become an online joke. Like, oh, you order something from Wish, and then you show the picture of what it was displayed as, and then what it came as, which is, like, almost a totally different product. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's kind of become a joke, and people laugh, but it's, like... Now that item is just ending up in the garbage, mm-hmm. and somebody was probably exploited to make it. It's like, what is this all for? Yep. Who are we trying to impress? Like, and this has been coming up a lot in conversation the last week, but it's been a big thing that, like, really changed my perspective, like, nine or so years ago. Um, and I, I think I might have mentioned it on the podcast before, but, like, when I was 19, I really wanted breast implants. Like, for years, actually, I really wanted them. And I was talking to a friend, and she had said, like, if you lived on an island and you were never going to see anybody again, would you still get them? Because I was insistent I was getting them for me. 
And I thought about what she asked, and I said, no, I wouldn't get them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and I was like, holy shit, I'm not doing it for me. Because mm-hmm. I'm doing it because I care what other people would perceive of me because of it or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm like, I felt so disturbed by that. But mm-hmm. I didn't even realize I wasn't doing it for me. And there's just, like, so much unconscious thought that goes on. And it drives a lot of our behaviors and purchases and things like that. And it's just like we really need to, like... Look past the bullshit, all these targeted ads that are being thrown at us, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you're on social media and these ads are popping up or you're watching a YouTube video or just regular commercials. It's just like, they're always trying to sell us stuff and Mm -hmm. how much of it is stuff that we actually need. Right. Right. If we lived in a world where people only had the necessities, oh my God, it would be a drastically different place. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I feel like things would be a lot more simple. There'd be a lot less conflict. Like, it breaks my heart to think of kids going to school and getting picked on because their jeans don't touch the floor because Mm -hmm. they're, quote-unquote, high waters Mm -hmm. or because they don't have, like, whatever brand, a popular brand of, like, jeans or whatever. It's, like, these petty things that people find to just, like, make others feel like shit and try to make themselves feel better. Mm -hmm. Like, we would eliminate a lot of that. We would eliminate so much bullshit, so much pollution, so much animal exploitation when it comes Mm -hmm. down to, like, the many things that animals are used for, um, including testing for, like, cosmetics. Mm -hmm. If makeup was never created, one, we'd probably look at humans a lot differently and not value people. Um, You know, there's, like, the pretty privilege where people who are conventionally more attractive, they get more opportunities Mm -hmm. for employment, whatever it may be. Yep. And that's a very real thing. And I, I'm just fucking sick of it, you know? I'm so sick and tired um, of these huge organizations that often have rich, white people at the top who don't give a fuck about others, who are the only ones who are profiting, and they're targeting, like, uh, age, aging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at all these wrinkle creams, all these surgeries and things that you can get because... Everybody's now so afraid, not everybody, but, you know, is so afraid of aging Mm -hmm. and showing signs of that. It's like, that's a normal part of life. Can we just let it happen? Yep. And I find myself getting caught up in it, too. Like, I really zero in on my, well, they're called, like, the 11s, the little, like, frown lines between your um, eyebrows. Sure. And I hate that that's even a thought that crosses my mind. Why would I ever even care? Yeah. But I find myself caring, and it, it, like, disgusts me. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to care, but it's just like I'm programmed to worry about these things or something, and it's like a mind fuck trying to break free from it, and like, shaving my head in a few months is a big part of that, like, I'm sick of people being like, oh, there's a, a blonde, like, like that automatically puts me in like, on some people's radar as being attractive, because I have mm-hmm. longer blonde hair. I don't want somebody, a man, to approach me because he finds me physically attractive. So this is news to me. You're going to shave your head? I, 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 I am so excited. I shaved my head once and I fucking loved it. You did? The maintenance though, that was the only thing that and that's I had a, to, That's like my biggest concern at this point is the maintenance. It's, you have to go in for, just to keep it short and like, yeah, you know, the length that I wanted it to be, it was like very close to like almost bald. Yeah. Cause I just thought I that was, my hair is very thin. So it was nice and soft and yeah. stuff. And I just like the look of it and everything. I think you're going to love it. It's going to be very cold in the winter. So I know. So wear a hat. How have we not talked about this? Cause I knew that you shaved your head. Yeah. I don't, I don't. 
I don't know. Because, I, yeah, I'm literally, I think maybe you have mentioned it and I would just, like, zoned it out. But right now I'm finding out. Yeah. Like, truly, so. <laughs> I'm tracking and I, yeah. I have the date picked out, although I keep forgetting what the date is. I, actually, I love everything that you said while you're, while you're looking yeah. um, for that date. I love everything that you just said. The the one thing I wanted to add to that is that just a just a disclaimer that we understand that there are people that can't make ends meet right now. And we're not talking about people that can't feed their like you're in poverty or you're experiencing homelessness and you don't have the basic necessities. Exactly. A lot of people in Western culture have the privilege to be able to afford the basic necessities and it's this other like fluffy top layer that we just seem to it's it's so fun to fuck with right like and like and and it's fed to us and we we do not exist in a vacuum so we're constantly digesting it and Mm -hmm. I don't think you should fault yourself for maybe taking some of those messages in but I think you're wise enough to be like is this like really right for me I love that thing of that you said about um the breast implants like if you existed on an island by yourself would you still want them? And I, like, I, th- I was thinking about, um, just now, my tattoos. Like, would I still want them? And yeah, I would because I love my fucking tattoos. <laughs> I like the way I look. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, with the breast implants, maybe you would like the way you look more. Like, your boobies, I don't know. Whatever. Um, and that's a very important question to ask yourself. It's the, the other thing that I wanted to mention. Okay, I'm sorry. I have two, two parts to this. There, there are people who... I think, I think there's a little bit of us being able to have our, our, and you can argue with me on this, us being able to have our basic necessities met and then have the shit that we enjoy, mm-hmm. right? Like, like my, my art in my house brings me so much joy. I love it. I love decorating my house with it. I love that little, that little something extra. It's not minimalist by any means, right? I'm supporting artists and shit like that. I guess you could say that, but like. I'm, it, that's not minimalism. If we're really talking about minimalism and, like, not consuming so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. I think that if everybody, now we're talking about a baseline of, like, trying to be at, consume as little as possible. And I think there is a good, I don't want to call it, yeah, like, a, like, a, yeah, I guess you could call it a middle ground. A middle ground where people can, you know, have the things that they enjoy mm-hmm. and also live a minimalist lifestyle, but we haven't been able to, or, like, just have their their uh, basic needs met, but we haven't been given the tools to live that way. That's not how our society is set up, and that's bullshit. I fully call that out. I think that that's important to to recognize because I just, I think about the people that I work with in my job and they're, they're not able to make ends meet at all in terms of their basic needs and talking about preaching, not preaching, that's a bad word, talking about minimalist lifestyles to these people is not something that I would ever do. When you're focused on survival, it's like, that's your, that is your life. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that too, because like, a lot of times when people think of minimalism, and maybe the way that I framed it, too, is, like, that you live bare bones, like, mm-hmm. but what I liked about the guys, like, in The Minimalist, too, is, like, a lot of it is, like, evaluating your items and saying, like, do they serve a purpose? Do they bring me joy? Mm-hmm. 
So, like, yeah, like, you look around here and, like, I mean, the art that I do have on my walls, my grand made. She, yeah. She's an artist. She loves creating yeah. stuff. So, that's, like, the art that I have on my walls is made from her. Yeah. Um, but even just looking around at, like, my books, for example, like, I've kept books that I I find value in and that mm-hmm. I'm going to read again or that I want to share with others that I still need to read. Um, but, yeah, it's just a, a, evaluating the importance of the things that you have and if they... If they're serving you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, not just having stuff to have stuff to, like, fill a void or, you know, people oftentimes turn to shopping mm-hmm. when they're depressed or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I they, that was a huge thing back when I was in high school, like, yeah. shopping therapy or whatever. Yeah. I, personally, and I'm not saying this as, like, eh, I never participated in that, but I didn't. It was yeah. never a thing for me. When I'm shopping, I'm in and I'm out because it just bothers the shit out mm-hmm. of me. I don't like shopping. <laughs> I don't love it either. I used to get excited to go to thrift stores, but then I realized, too, like, well, I'm still having excess. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm finding the deals that I really like. And and that's the thing, too. Like, if I have clothes and I'm going to wear them a lot and I love them, Mm -hmm. great. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it's just, it's, there's such a stark difference between, like, you look at people who are living really minimally, like, in other countries, for example, or places of dire poverty, and they don't even have their basic needs met. Mm-hmm. And then you look at these millionaires and billionaires and the way that they live, and it's just like you take a jet to work every fuck. day. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The private jet. They could. They have mm-hmm. money to book a fucking private jet. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say is that, um, and and please argue with me on this as well if you have something to say about this. But I am a heavy, heavy user of. Um, so I, I resonate with you on the whole minimalism thing. I don't know necessarily that I participate it to the level that you do because I do see that you are very mindful about what you, your consumption. I think I'm a little less so, uh, but I do, and I do also donate shit. So any sort of thrift stores or stuff that they'll take, mm-hmm. like it's all going there before it's going anywhere else. And if um, there's electronic, special electronic recycling, if you find out in your, like where your county jurisdiction has that, those things do exist. And it just takes like Googling a little bit and mm-hmm. finding the place and like collecting the stuff and dropping it off at that place. Cause they can probably recycle it better than you, even though recycling I hear now is just like a fucking joke. Yeah. But I mean, we can only hope that these things are doing just a little bit of good as opposed to just tossing them all in the garbage. Yeah. I mean... And there's such a lack of education about a lot of that stuff, too, and it's, like, wild to me that, you know, they print these numbers on your um, plastics and recyclables and mm -hmm. stuff, and then, like, oh, you're in this city and it's fine, but then you go to this city and, like, oh, no, you need to take the cap off this to put it in the recycling. It's just, like, when then, like you said, when it comes down to it, what is it, like, five? I want to say it's 5 or 8% of stuff actually gets recycled. Yeah. It's alarming. Yeah. Yeah, and then they have, this isn't a total aside, but I'll just add it. There's a there's a, a ship called the Interceptor or whatever. It's called the Ocean Cleanup Project. And they're taking hordes of plastics and just, like, garbage and shit out of these bodies of water. But then I'm like, what are you going to do with that shit? <laughs> like, literally, when I was in... Um, <laughs> I think this might have been in Vietnam, and my friend and I went on, like, this little kayak adventure thing. Like, we were on a... We, while we were out there, we decided, oh, well, let's pick up garbage that we see, like, floating around. Mm-hmm. So we collected it, and we brought it back, and they were, like, annoyed because they were basically just going to, like, toss it back. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
just like, oh my god, that's really devastating. You know what? Maybe, and this is me just being a goof about this, but maybe it's a possibility. Maybe there's a place in space that we can just, like, dispose of all our shit, and it just, like, I don't know, there's, like, a black hole that just, like, disintegrates it all. (laughs) Wouldn't that be cool? If only... (laughs) Yeah, then you look at space and see how it literally is filled with trash because yeah. it's like, oh my god, and stuff is falling down to earth like all the time. Yep. From space. Yep. Yeah, we're just fucking trashing this place, and it's just, it just seems like there's no end in sight to it. And mm-hmm. we just had Black Friday, mm-hmm. which um, I had saved a stat. This was I think from twenty twenty. Um, Black Friday sales. Oh no, this was this year. Black Friday sales, according to NPR, raked in a record $9.12 billion from online shoppers this year. Holy hell. That's just online that shoppers. That wasn't me. Holy <laughs> fuck. $9.12 billion for one day of sales online. Wow. And I was kind of curious, like, I'm pretty removed from a lot of, like, the retail world. Like, I used to work at Menards, and I would work Black Friday, so, you know, mm-hmm. you see, I'm out in the morning, I see the lines, you pass by Best Buy, people have their fucking tents out there, and they camping out oh for my days. God. I forgot about that stuff. Oh, my God. People do that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah. I'm, like, wondering, like, today, like in 2022, on what scale does that exist? Because, yeah. like, I, I'm pretty removed from it, I haven't really seen much media reporting about, like, people camping out, or any stampedes, or anything like that. Um, there's also a website that tracks how many injuries and deaths happen on Black Friday. I think it's just called blackfridaydeaths.com. And I think there was just one death in 2021, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I was kind of surprised, like, the numbers were smaller than I thought. Just because, like, I feel like when you hear about it in the media, like, they really amplify, like, oh, there was a Black Friday stampede and... Yeah, and then, and then, like, people fighting each other. Oh, my God, yeah. People bust out guns. Yeah. For, like, TVs that are probably going to be marked down, like, just a matter of months, like. Yeah. Or you can maybe find it at a thrift store. Right. Or even online, like, Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. People are getting rid of, like, pretty decent stuff or Mm -hmm. pretty cheap. Mm Mm-hmm. Or there's the buy, sell, trade. They just want it. Yeah. Yeah, buy, sell, trade. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and then I also uh, learned about there was a desert in Chile, Chile, however you're supposed Chile, to say yeah, it, yeah. Um, where 39,000 tons of clothing is dumped every year at a desert. This clothing is just dumped, and then I think they do, like, a big burn, and they burn it, like, once a year or something, if I remember correctly, which releases all kinds of bullshit into the air. yeah. I don't know why this place was chosen. I don't know how it was decided, how long it's been going on, but it's just like, what? Yeah. 39,000 tons every year of clothing, which who knows how accurate that is. It could be more. Could yeah, be that's fucking bananas. I think they're, speaking of this, and I think I mentioned this before, and I am very uneducated on if this is actually a thing, but I heard somewhere, like in the past, that, is it Sweden or some, some country in Europe, um, burns their trash for energy. Yeah. And I thought, and it's a, it's a, like, a contained sort of situation. I thought that was very interesting, but also, you know, I have, uh, there's a ton of questions that I have about that whole operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but that would be ideal. Like, I think uh, that's done. I want to say commonly, because I guess I'm pretty unsure, too. Oh, okay. But I also heard, like, um, oils from restaurants are oh, often okay. burned for fuel and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So, Yeah. 
again, like these things were removed from, we just, we don't really have to think about, like, I can just turn on my furnace and, oh, there, I got I was listening to a podcast episode on the daily, and they were talking about how if we want to, like, we're already the past, past the point of being in a dangerous place, like, down the line, um, with greenhouse gases and shit like that, um, global warming, everything like that, but they were like, if we... We'd have to make drastic change, and we'd have to be consuming the same way that we were in the 1970s. And I, obviously, neither of us existed in the 1970s. I don't know what that type of life looked like, but, I mean, sign me up if if that fixes things. And shit was made to last. Yeah, yeah. You look at something even as simple as phone chargers. Yeah. Well, oftentimes they break down pretty Mm -hmm. easily. And everybody, not everybody, most people have a phone charger. Yeah. If not more mm-hmm. than one. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, just that alone. Like, when so you think of things on an individual basis, how much it adds up. Yeah. Is alarming. And, like, yeah, same with appliances and stuff, cars. They're, like, things really aren't built like they used to be, mm-hmm. you know? Like, as much as I don't agree with cow's milk, like, it used to be delivered in glass bottles. Mm-hmm. It's been in plastic jugs, what, most of yeah, our yeah, lives? Yeah, our lives, yeah. For sure. That's the um, only thing I remember. Like, milk in glass bottles is weird to me. We, growing up, we would always get milk, cow's milk from Quick Trip. And oh, they would sure. have it in the bags. Oh. So you buy, like, a plastic pitcher, and then you snip open the corner of the bag, and you drop the bag in there. And it's just, like, that little bit's open in your fridge. We would always have bagged milk growing Interesting. Up. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if they even still do that. It's been a long time, like, since... Yeah, since I was probably 15, 13. And I think we can all tie this back to the fact that we have 8 billion people in this world now. Right. Ooh. That's not good. That's scary. I don't think that's good at all. And there's, like, all these predictions and talks about, like, oh, it's going to plateau at 10 billion. It's like, Phew. I can't imagine 10. I, I have a hard enough time wrapping my head around the fact that there's 8 billion people here before yeah. we get into 10. Yeah, 10 billion. Yeah, that's... that's... Our soil is fucked. Yeah. There's so many things that we don't have um, actual solutions for to turn around, and it, nothing is going to get better. Like, right. I, I don't reasonably see how things are going to get better. Um, and then there's people who are very, like, into technology and the advances we can make because of it. Um, but I feel like that gets into, like, kind of scary and sketchy territory as well. Um, especially when you're talking about, like, I haven't read a bunch on this. I'm kind of... I think I'm actually scared too, and so I've been avoiding it, but they're talking about, like, artificial wombs to grow fetuses and future humans in. Ew. Yeah. Instead of having, like, the person carry the pregnancy. Like, I just... That's really creepy to me. Um, And then, of course, I don't know why I always think of, like, the robot sex dolls, but, like... (laughs) (laughs) They're basically making them so realistic, so, like, people don't need to have that human connection in their lives. And I fear, like, what that's gonna do to the psyche, and I just... Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's sad to think how social media, you know, you hear the word social, and you think, oh, it's connective, and... Yeah, I've formed a lot of really great connections because of it, but when you, like, read different studies and things, you're seeing, like, rates of depression are skyrocketing, and people are feeling more disconnected than Mm -hmm. ever, 
like social media is actually oftentimes doing the opposite and making right. people feel more disconnected. So it's just like, I don't know, I just feel like we're on full speed and you look at people again like Elon Musk who are just like always trying to like change things and make things so different and it's like, why don't we just kind of focus on what's already existing and improve it and maybe like dial things back a little instead of, I don't know, and then you think about e-waste and like, I haven't done research, a lot of research on this either, but just like um, having junk emails apparently is like bad and straining on the systems that contain all this info. Sure, yeah. And then you were talking about, like, in the oceans, they're putting, um... Yeah, for the electric cars, they're harvesting, uh... Is that what I was talking about? Oh, you know what? You were talking about that, but I was thinking about a different thing. I think there's... I forget. I'm blanking on the name of it, but, like, it's basically huge banks of... Uh, in the ocean where they store, like, e-information. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And that they don't know the long-term effects of that, like, on the ocean, on the ocean life. Like, I just, I don't get it. Yeah, I think the one thing that I mentioned recently was the the fact that they were harvesting a certain thing in the ocean that's um, used to make some component of an electric car battery. Which and, is also scary. Right. Who knows? Like, how do you, if you're harvest, harvesting, is just like, like, if we're not... Like, farming and harvesting vegetables, like, that sounds fine, but, like, harvesting any sort of animal from the ocean, we don't know what that's going to do. Are you planting more? Like, what, yeah. how do you plant something like that again in the ocean? And this yeah. is just, like, the all the mining that we do for things yep. as simple as phones, you yeah. know? I have a lot of phone guilt just because it's like, well, what the fuck is behind this little device? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you try to do good with the things that you have, um, but there aren't, like feasible alternatives like mm-hmm. and I think to take this in another direction if I can you you had mentioned we were talking before we started recording about you posting intermittently some more uh what would you say I was gonna say scandalous scandalous <laughs> it's it's more um it piques the interest yeah content yeah things that are like hmm that's very interesting. Uh, and, and like, intermittently in between the stuff that you you post about in regard to veganism, sustain, sustainability, yeah. quote-unquote, uh, everything that you, you do that I think is so meaningful and to a lot of people, even though you probably don't realize it. But I like that you, you that, like, that's a tool of yours that you use, that you post, like, this intermittently. <laughs> and to show people, too, like, I am a normal person, like, I'm not, not all doom and gloom. Right. Like, people, when they, even just hearing I'm antagonist, people automatically assume that I'm just, like, a mega depressed, like, boring, lame person. And it's like, no, I actually, like, there's many things that I enjoy, and I laugh a lot, and I have a lot of fun, like, just because I talk about these things, that's not, like, a full scope of who I am Mm -hmm. so I do think it's important too to like show some of the more like fun and silly stuff on social media too and like I don't know I kind of view uh, my social media as like a sort of yearbook Mm -hmm. because like on Facebook for example every year I do a photo album and I title it you know this year of 2022 and so then like three years from now I can be like oh I want to like revisit 2022 and it's an easy way to kind of scroll through because I'm not going to keep all these, fo- like, photos and videos and stuff on my computer or my phone, like, it's on Facebook, and maybe I'll regret that because Facebook or Instagram is going to get shut down or my shit will get deleted or I'll get locked out. Who knows what can happen, but, like, as for now, it's nice to 
just kind of scroll back and be like, oh, this is what I was doing at this point, and, like, I love looking at, like, photos and videos and memories and stuff like that, um, but it's nice to have it digitally, so I'm not, like, I don't have a bunch of photo albums and stuff, Mm -hmm. like, taking up the space. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it it brings you joy in a way, and I think, again... Like, I think there there is probably a happy medium somewhere, and we don't know where the fuck that is, especially with the growing population, where people can have their basic needs met and have the things that they enjoy and not contribute to waste so much as we have been. Or maybe somebody will think of something really super brilliant within the next, I don't know, hopefully a year? <laughs> next six months, maybe the next month? Um, that, that will solve all our problems for us when it comes to this sort of thing. I don't think it's a quick fix, though. I think that we've set ourselves up for something that's going to take maybe twice as long, if not longer, to to take apart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and try to figure out a solution to. We've kind of um, shot ourselves in the foot. And I think a this. lot of people really bank on having hope. Like, yep. oh, well, the future generations are going to fix that, and it's like, one, it's not their obligation. Why, can you imagine being thrown into a world where there's a shit ton of problems and it's like, oh, whoa, I have to like try to come up mm-hmm. with solutions to fix this? Yep. I have to navigate a life like com- combating all these things? Mm-hmm. Like, that's so unfair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I think that a lot of people rely on hope. What is that? A few houses down, there's a sign in someone's yard that says something like, Jesus is our only hope, and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, What? This is their only hope. If you're, that's what you're banking on. Good luck. Like, yeah. let me know how that Thoughts works out. Oh my god! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, it's so frustrating. Like we, I don't know. And then you add in like just the age of distraction. Let's mm-hmm. keep people distracted so then they can't think critically about these things and start I, questioning things. And, that is to say, I don't doubt that good energy, like good vibes or whatever you the fuck you want to call them, are, are helpful. However, I think that action. Does a lot more, you know, I mean, at least to the, to the, you know, to the people that are observing these things happen. I think that action probably works a lot better than just, like, good vibes, man, or, or (laughs) Jesus, or whatever you want to call it. Your religion, you keep praying, and Mm -hmm. stuff. It probably does some sort of good somewhere, but I don't know necessarily that. Well, you come like, the placebo effect, too, and if people really believe something, I mean, it could... Maybe they don't have depression because they have this hardcore faith that yeah. things are, you know. Yeah. So, like, it, it may serve a purpose for that, you know, individual and stuff. Mm-hmm. What's hard for me to navigate is when people veer off and try to put that onto others and it borders on, like, a toxic positivity. Yes. Or, like, oh. spiritual bypassing and all that yep. shit. It's like, let's be realistic. Like, not saying, like, yeah, I definitely, like, I think that putting good intentions into things and, like, even with meditation, like, I try to get myself into a really good, positive mind space mm-hmm. so that I can go out there and deal with all these fuckers out there. Who yes. Are just, yes. Like I was saying, working in the service industry is wearing me down. Yes, oh, I understand. God. Yeah. It's just, like, I don't You're know. You're probably it's, really good at it, knowing you, though. It's amazing how I can just kind of, I can really pull it off and mm-hmm. fit into that role, but I think it's also why I really require a lot of alone time mm-hmm. and, like, why I really value living alone being single, having my time, because it's just, like, uh, Yeah, people, people are shitty, <gasps> by and large. I think people, like, it's, it's such a mixed bag, right? Like, people are shitty, and people are awesome, and, and it's hard to know at what point do we need 
to be like, okay, y'all, we all need to do better here. Mm-hmm. Or else our plant's gonna fucking suffer. That's, I think, the, the or it's already suffering. It's gonna die. We're gonna die. <laughs> our, our race is gonna die. But that's what you're supposed to do, is you're supposed to evolve. Right. And we are not evolving. We're What we're going to do is we're going to, like, what devolve ourselves out of ex- existence, basically. If we do not take some sort of collective action on this that actually works into the future. And, I mean, those of you that have had children, and Ashley, you can probably agree with me on this, like, your your children are going to have to deal with this. Their children's children, should they choose to have children, are going to have to deal with this. And, like, what kind of plate are we serving future generations if we don't try to work towards some solution that's, I mean, unfortunately, according to science... It's coming up fast, and we need to figure it out pretty fucking soon. If yes. not, we should have figured it out yesterday or, like, right. years ago. And that's what really kills me, too, is when people act like antinatalists or hate humans. It's like, mm-hmm. many of us actually care really deeply, and yes. that's why we're preaching this message. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we, we fear for the future. Mm-hmm. Like, and what these humans and other animals are going to have to face as a result of our inaction today, you yep. know, like, it's thinking ahead, and, like, people, people who are so against abortion, because it's killing a human, literally birthing a human is a death sentence for them. That's, mm-hmm. like, one guarantee. You're going to die. We all die. Yep. So, and it probably sounds harsh to some, but it's, like, what's the difference if it happens then, or maybe, like, they could have a really brutal death later. Yeah. They could be murdered. Mm-hmm. They could suffer all kinds of atrocities before their actual death. Mm-hmm. And life is really painful intermittently. Right. There's a lot of joy, but there's a lot of pain, too. Right. And I think that, given the way things are going, it might be more pain than joy at some point. Right. Food, increasing food insecurity. Yeah. Like, we're seeing shortages of the most random things all the time. Mm-hmm. And right now there's a shortage of childcare workers. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, it just blows my mind, like, when people write off antinatalists as not caring, it's like, no, we actually really care deeply, and mm-hmm. that is why many of us take this stance. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Danny Shine, he's a pretty outspoken activist. Um, he does a lot of antinatalist stuff, too, and he's vegan as well. Um, and he's a father of three. Like, mm-hmm. he's older. Um, most of his kids are grown, or I think his youngest is, like, 15. Um, but he is trying to bring about the term preventionism or preventionist mm-hmm. instead of antinatalist because oftentimes with the word like anti mm-hmm. in there, it can give people like negative connotations right off the bat. Or if you frame it as like being a preventionist or the movement as like preventionism, you're trying to prevent future suffering and harm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think about that? I, I really like it a lot. Like I have no problem myself with antinatalism an antinatalist, but I can see how it might not be as readily received by other people. Um, So, yeah, it's like part of me is stubborn and wants to be like, no, let's just reshame people's perspective of antinatalism and antinatalists. Um, And I'm sure, like, down the line, if or when preventionism picks up as a term, people will find something to pick on about that, too, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I really do like it. I feel like it, it it sounds just upon, like, going basing off of, like, just the sound, it sounds more positive, I guess. And it's like, well, why would you not be on board with that? Like, mm-hmm. just, like, vegan has kind of some negative connotations with it. Like, people hear vegan, and many get this perception in their mind of, like, what a vegan is, whether that's a 
skinny, pale, like, un- undernourished person who's mm-hmm. really preachy or whatever. It's just, like, I don't know. Yeah. It just all ties back to, to people not running off of assumptions, not jumping to assumptions, mm-hmm. um, asking questions, getting to know the individual. Like, so many times people have just, like, jumped to calling me uh, a liberal because of some of my beliefs, and it's like, why don't you actually ask me, like, what my beliefs are, because mm-hmm. we probably have more things in common than you think, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just sick of people putting people in boxes, and I feel like social media is really good at, um, doing that, yeah, 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 for sure, and it also, I don't know, yeah, it's, it's hard, the, the consumption of social, social media, I feel, definitely informs how people show up in the world, and, uh, I, I mean, myself included, honestly, even though I've, I took some really extreme action to only make sure that I'm following, like, friends and family on my Facebook, and then just, like, news sources that I trust. Yeah. I trust are giving me, like, un, to the best extent that they can, unbiased news. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has super helped, but I realized that that's not the majority here, you know what I mean? So I I live in my own little bubble where that's kind of how I operate, and sometimes I just automatically assume that other people do too, but that's not, yeah, that's not the way it is. And I'm glad you brought that up too, like that's kind of like digital minimalism, Mm -hmm. like reducing what accounts we're following, who we're interacting with, like oftentimes like maybe I've mentioned this before in here too, but like, you know, Facebook would be like, oh, it's these people's birthday today. And I'll click on it. I'm not a birthday person. Like, I, I don't wish people happy birthday. I don't celebrate birthdays. I don't really acknowledge it. Um, but I'll use that as, like, oh, if somebody pops up and I'm like, I don't, don't even, like, know who this person is, <laughs> which there's fewer and fewer of that because I've really toned down. Sure. Before it was, like, I need community. I need to know vegans. I need to know activists. Like, yeah, give me all the vegan friends. And yeah. I was like, eh, I actually don't get along with a lot of these people or agree with them on yeah. this or don't enjoy what this, what they're putting out there. Yeah. Um. So I think just, like, being intentional with social media use, and I think that's really important. I am 100% on board with you with that. Like, no more new friends. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to meet more people. I don't want to know. I just want to focus on, like, what is currently yeah. in my life. Yeah, absolutely. I understand that. Well, have we kind of said what you wanted to say about think so. consumption? I think, like, the, the main takeaway here is, like, do the best that you can. I know, I know we're heading to a really, like, we talk about heading to a really dark place with all of this. I am one of those people that's, like, cautiously optimistic, but that might be to my detriment sometimes. I kind of have to do that to keep myself healthy. I think, I think that's, that's a just a surviving people, yeah. mechanism. That being said, do what you can. I would highly recommend you doing some research on places that will take your shit that you don't want anymore. Because I think that's a real easy way, even though it might take, like, a little extra driving trip, maybe once or twice a year if you collect stuff in the box. Mm-hmm. Like, it's worth it, I think, to, to just try to get that reused again or recycled somewhere in a place that's actually going to do something useful with it so it doesn't end up in a landfill. All right. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Bye! Calling all Minnesotans, and maybe some non-Minnesota natives too if you're interesting. 
Are you an individual who has some feedback for us or maybe just wants to rant a bit about something intersectional feministy that grinds your gears? Or maybe you got an idea for a podcast discussion topic or maybe know somebody that we, Noreen and Ashley, just need to talk to that's out there making waves and trying to fuck it up, even if that person is you? DM us on Instagram at Minersectional, PM us on Facebook, or email us at minersectional at gmail.com and let's make that happen.